0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Ultimately, you am going to keep saying it, get 1% better every day, just get a little bit better every day. Hey, welcome back, Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer, and we are here for another episode of 1% Better. Uh, we've got a bye week on the horizon, and I am so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, that trip from Houston felt like we were flying from like, you know, Egypt today. I don't know, I was just ready to like, get home, I think. I looked this up just last night, it's, a,
2: it's the latest bye this team's ever had, ever, since they instituted the byes in 1990, so... It definitely feels like that. We've been going since July 25th or
1: 6th. Right. And it's not like July and August was busy, though, Zach. I don't know why you're complaining.
2: Yeah, nice, quiet (laughs) training camp, nothing going on. No injuries, no COVID stories to, to write about, no Hall of Fames to cover.
1: So, like every job, we have, like, metrics at The Athletic, right? So, you know, you're expected to write a minimum number of stories per month. It's not a big deal. Like, trust me. Uh, we met our metrics in August, I think by like day four, (laughs) it was like ridiculous, (laughs) unbelievable. So yeah, we, um, I think we've earned it. Damn it. So I don't have a problem saying that. So anyway, back to the team. This is not about us. Uh, the Colts are seven and six. They beat the uh, Houston Texans, um, an alleged NFL team <laughs> I mean whatever the hell you call the Houston Texans right now, football team <laughs> that was wow uh thirty one nothing, and it honestly, it could have been fifty one had they like played half decent. They didn't even play well. they did not play well in this game, okay? I don't care what anyone says. They didn't play that great. The defense was good, but, like, what are we really even talking about, right? So, anyway, the Houston Texans, my God, they suck. That told me (laughs) nothing about the Colts. I don't know anything more about the Colts than I did two days ago, but they did what they had to do, and that's really all there is to it, right? Uh, I think, really, we should focus more on where they are, kind of some of the things we've learned. You know, I mean, normally we'd be having this conversation – during a much earlier buy, but I think we have a good handle on them. And I'm actually, in some ways, it's actually fortuitous that it's late because this team has evolved so much over the course of this season. They are not the team that they were in September, not in any way, shape, or form. Um, And then before we go on real quick, they got a little help yesterday, I think. They're, They're no worse off than they were. Raiders lost, Broncos lost. We'll see what happens on Monday Night Football. But the Colts won, and that's always a good thing for your playoff hopes. And I don't you know, think they're trending in the right direction, and they they got a real shot at this. Um, so, I don't know. Just real quick, just, Zach, before we get into our impressions. Uh, you turned me on to this New York Times playoff picture thing, uh, little doohickey. And this is awesome, by the way. Um, and they've got the Colts at 55%. A uh, chance of making the playoffs right now. Um Obviously, that goes way up if they win their next game, I would think, against New England. So, all positive,
2: right? Um Yeah, and I think we,
1: you know, no, we didn't
2: learn anything of substance yesterday. But we also kind of did in a small way because they didn't play down to their competition. And you kind of wrote about this and we were kind of batting this around a little bit like, one, the, the Colts' worst game of the season by far, I don't even think it's arguable, was week one. And they really haven't played that poorly since. You could say week three in Tennessee, Carson was playing on a half an ankle, really. Um, <laughs> and, and look, the streak continued yesterday. Ten straight weeks where they've led by double digits. They haven't won all those games. They're seven and three in that stretch, but that's pretty remarkable. Um, so to answer your question, you know, what are they entering the bye week? with four games to go, 50% chance to make the playoffs. I think they can be really good. We haven't really seen it yet besides Buffalo, but I think they can be really good, and I think it's kind of hard to argue with that, right? I mean, no, I don't necessarily trust the defense, but look at what Frank Reich and the offense is doing, right? Like, since week four, and I'm just kind of going with what I've read and what I've seen and, and the numbers I've pulled, they have one of the best, if not the best, offense in football, They have by far the best run game, and I'll argue anybody else if they disagree with that, because they have the best rusher in football in Jonathan Taylor, but it's more than that. They've been able to throw the ball for the most part when they need to, fifth or sixth in passing, depending on the metric. They've scored 30 points or more seven times this year. That's only happened seven times in Colts history, and this is important because the six previous times, 18 was the quarterback, right? They just rolled out of bed and did that, those teams. They just scored 30 points. That's never happened since Peyton Manning was a quarterback, and I think that's very um, emblematic of what Frank Wright, Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor are doing. We know it's a it's a run-heavy offense because you have such a talented running back, but when you can score, you can beat people, and when you can take the ball away, you can give yourself a chance just about every week. 29 takeaways. They lead the league. It's ridiculous how often they're taking the football away. I'm not the biggest proponent of this scheme or this Colts defense, I think it has holes, and I still have worries about the pass rush and the secondary when they play really good teams. It's easy to beat that zone. We saw that with Gronk last week. But to end this rant that I'm on, they can play with anybody. I think they can beat anybody. They haven't done it consistently. But if they start to do that after the bye, this team could could really make itself known in the AFC where nobody's really separated itself.
1: Yeah, so I look at this team. And all right, you as a fan, if you're one of those fans who are like, you know, I don't trust them, right? You have absolute reason to feel that way. Totally okay? get that. Totally. Right. Baltimore, that is Tennessee. So, right. so I want you to understand, and I'll, I'll speak for you as well, Zach, I think you agree with this, that everything we say here, there's a caveat to all of this. And the caveat is we don't trust them either, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but, but that doesn't mean they're not really good. I think they're really good. Now, they may not be good enough. And that is where... You know, the trust factor comes in because, you know, frankly, better teams would finish those games. Okay, I think that's true. I don't think that's an arguable statement. I don't think Frank Reich would argue that. Right. Uh, Better teams, elite teams, they would finish those games with double digit leads or at least more often than not. So that is definitely reason for concern. But I mean, if you if you are watching with a with a judicious eye and, and you aren't bitter or whatever emotions you're feeling, if you take the emotion out of it and you watch this team play, I mean, you cannot watch this team and not feel like, and I don't mean against the Texans, I mean against anybody, watch this team and feel like <laughs> this team can beat anybody in the NFL. Period. Yeah, I don't think I, you I can still argue feel, that. I still feel like no one's going to want to play him if they get in the playoffs. Chris Collinsworth said it last night, and I'm not saying he's like the, the arbiter of who's good and who's not, but I mean... You know, they flash the the AFC playoff picture up on the screen on Sunday Night Football. And of all the teams on the fringe, he says, you know, there's one team that should scare the hell out of you. And it's like, it's the Colts. And and he, he made the point that they're a team that is built to win in the playoffs. I mean, and you know how they're built. You guys watch them. So, I don't think there's anything arguable there. And I think you're right to feel optimism about this team. Whether they reward you for that optimism, I can't promise you that, okay? <laughs> that is between you and the Colts. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I do think it's warranted. I really do. So I, I want to talk a little more specifically, Zach, about, like, you know, some of the things that we've learned. I mean, we we've accumulated a lot of observations over these past 13 weeks. And I think the biggest one where we have to start, the whole point of this whole season, frankly, was figuring out the quarterback situation. And as I sit here today, I submit to you that they have got it figured out. Doesn't mean he's Andrew Luck. It doesn't mean he's Peyton Manning. But I think he's a starting quarterback, and I think they can win with Carson Wentz. Do you have any issue whatsoever with that statement?
2: No, and and I tweeted it last night, and and we'll see if that tweet looks really dumb on Saturday night in a couple weeks when they play the Patriots. But look, I mean, you got to weigh this decision based on what was available. And, And Carson based on what we've seen so far, was the best available option. I really believe that. Um, I think he's played pretty well. I'm not going to put him into that top seven or eight or nine category in terms of quarterbacks in the league. I'm not going to put him in the Pro Bowl conversation. Let's be real. But he's been pretty dang good. He's been 10 to 12, right? And that's really what the Colts needed. And the thing about Wentz this year, and you can throw out 22 touchdowns and five interceptions, that's really good. He's on pace to have. The fewest interceptions of his career for a full season, fewer than Luck ever had. Um, but that's a tough measuring stick, right? He's not Andrew Luck. He's mm-hmm. not that good. He's not He's not anywhere near Pate Main. Let's not get ridiculous. But he does make throws in a game that are really, really, really solid, impressive clutch throws that are really hard to make, that move the chains, that make this team feel a little bit balanced, right? We obviously know it starts with 28 and it's going to run through the run game. But Wentz is good enough, I think, when they have to go past to go past. We saw it for those middle two quarters against the Bucs. And I think we're going to have to see it against the Patriots in a couple weeks as well. They're they're not as good at stopping the run as the Bucs. But look, I think Belichick's going to come in here and say, we're not going to let Taylor beat us, right? That's what he always does. Will Wentz be able to do that against the Patriots? I don't know, but it's going to be fun to watch and I'm anxious to see it. I think they have answered the, car- the quarterback question. And from my conversations, there's absolutely no apprehension moving forward with Carson as the quarterback and God bless us. We won't have to cover an off season where they're looking for a new starting quarterback. Cause it's been a while. And really they've been looking since August of 2019, how to figure that situation out. So um, yes, Carson answered that question. I think 13 games in, it's fair to say, but then secondly, the other story of the season is they've got maybe the best player in football in their backfield. And he just makes the incredible routine and we're going to see a guy make it a run at a 2000 yard, Season from scrimmage this year,
1: yeah. And just to to continue the the Carson Wentz um, train of thought, real quick, I, I think whatever happens this season, I said this earlier in the season, and I actually feel even better about saying it now because we because of what we've seen from Carson. Um, I, I think he's very much an Andrew Luck light. I think mean, I think that's a very apt comparison. They always yeah. had similarities. I think he's he's a, a notch down. But he's very much in the Andrew Luck realm in terms of the, the the way they play and and their strength. So that's a good thing. And so anyway, I've always said throughout this season, no matter what happens, win, loss, draw, uh, if they figure out the quarterback position, that is at least in some on some level a successful season. It's not what they want. They want more than that, right? But but clearly. There was no bigger question. We never thought they were winning the Super Bowl this year, but if you can at least figure that out, then you can move forward cuz they got Ursae other things they got to deal right?
2: with. Right? said yes. it in, in in August. He said, "Look, we we know it. We're going to go as far as Carson takes us." And I think Carson gives you a chance.
1: Yeah. And and I think knowing that you have that resolved I think it's just a game changer. I mean, look, you know, think about Chris Ballard and Frank Reich to to some extent. All right, when When they came here, when both those guys took that job, you don't think Andrew Luck was a big factor in them taking the job? (laughs) Of course he was, right? And even though when Chris took over, Andrew was going through some things and and we weren't sure what the future held, but, but no one was thinking, okay, his career's over. Like, you know, the anticipation was, the expectation was he'll come back. And he did. And so the reason I bring that up is because it's a game changer when you have a quarterback. Now, they may not have Andrew Luck in this particular quarterback, but they have a you know a definitely an above-average quarterback who has elite flashes. Okay? Flashes. I didn't say he's elite. I'm saying he has elite flashes. That's, that's pretty good in this league. When you have what I think is a really solid roster, I mean, you can hold your head high moving forward thinking, okay, if we tweak some other things, we got a shot. Now we're in the game. You got to put yourself in the game, and you can't do that until you figure out the most important position in all of freaking sports. <laughs> right, and wouldn't you go into an off season thinking, "Oh, we got to figure out
2: how to find a number two receiver," as opposed mm-hmm. to "Shit, we got to figure out how to find a quarterback again." Right? You can right. live with all the ancillary pieces that you need to find, and I'm not saying they don't need to find those. That we need, an, you know, we need to address that this off and we will. But look, they need to find a number two receiver. They need to figure out left tackle, etc. But isn't it a little bit easier when you have a guy in place at quarterback for the foreseeable future?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, you're, having an unresolved quarterback situation, it dominates your entire offseason. and it, it affects everything else that you do. You know, you have to think about, all right, how do we use our resources and how are we going to get the quarterback and, and what will that, or how, how will that impact what else we do and, and all of these pieces that all have to fit together, you know, <clears throat> To get players who who mesh well, all that sort of thing, you know, fit with your scheme, all that sort of thing, all of those things, excuse me, that you have to consider. What if that was already resolved? Like that is just like a ton of bricks off your shoulders, you know. And I, and I can just imagine that if, in fact, this you know ends the way it's going, um, that's going to be a real relief for Chris Ballard now. I don't know that he is going to go out and, and have the type of offseason that, that most fans want him to, right? And be more aggressive and spend money. Never does. More money. I, I don't know, right? But he certainly wasn't inclined to do that shit when he didn't have a quarterback, okay? That's just the truth, okay? Right. You weren't going to go out there and load up and sign every free agent in the world to have Phillip Rivers play for one year. <laughs> What's the point of that, Right. And the same thing applied last offseason. I think in Chris Ballard's mind, not to speak for him, but I think both Zach and I have gotten this indication. He needed to see what it looked like first. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And so so anyway, I guess the point I'm making is they have they can kind of scratch that off their list. Even if you don't love Carson, you have to at least admit, okay, they got a guy. They can make this work. And then the question is, how good can he be? Uh so I think we agree on that. Twenty-two and five. I mean, if you're complaining about that, come on. And and uh, and you know, the other part is,
2: he doesn't have to throw a lot of touchdowns because they have right. an excellent running back. His passer rating is above a hundred seven times this season, and that's second best in the league. And I think that's a little bit more. Um, of an evaluation in terms of like, look, he threw 106 yards in Buffalo, but he didn't need to throw for 107, you know? So Mm. we got to take all that into account. I think he's been really good, not great, but certainly not terrible.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right.
1: We don't need to make a case for Jonathan Taylor being a big part of the success. Obviously, uh, you've already alluded to it, but you know, just to touch on that, I, I thought that Sunday's game, even though we didn't learn a lot, I think the one lesson we can take from that game is that when it's there for Frank Reich, when he can be uh, definitely a run-first team, he very much wants to do that. And I think, you know, certainly he loves throwing the football and, you know, we can re-litigate the Bucks game all we want. But look, Frank Frank likes throwing the football. I mean, he played in the K-Gun offense in Buffalo, right? And so let's not pretend he doesn't like to throw it around the field. But uh, I think that the way they have constructed this offense and their demeanor, the players they've drafted, all of that, I think it tells you that they're very serious about running the football. And I thought yesterday was a great example of when the situation either calls for it or or allows it, he's going to say, we're going to go for it, and we're just going to pound the hell out of people. Well, how many carries for Jonathan Taylor? 32? 32 yesterday. Yeah. I mean, we were sitting there in the press box like, all right, are they going to get him out of the game, or are they going to keep giving it to him? And he just kept giving it to him. And I kind of love it. He's yeah. saying, so- I'm proving my point to all the Twitter haters. <laughs> that's really what it was. You know, that's really the most important thing. I'm going to run the ball. (laughs) I mean, as you know about Frank Reich, I mean, his most important thing is proving a point, right? Right. (laughs) Not really. Uh, So look, I I think, I thought his quote after the game, though, I'm not saying he, he was directing that to (laughs) to anyone who, who fought him the week before, but I did think it was revealing, you know, and what he said in, in terms of, running the football, he, he didn't mention the Bucks game, but he just said, you know, regarding what they did on Sunday, he says it was patience. I think the fact that the defense was playing so well and just kept giving us opportunities, you can't, you can't underestimate that. So what, the defense had consecutive turnovers uh, on the first two possessions, they had tons of three and outs, all of that, right? And then he says, when it's three and out and you have those turnovers, you can be more patient with the run game. And when the defense is playing like, Excuse me. When the defense is playing like that, and I think we just wore them down. So the point here is this: they averaged three and a half yards per carry. Taylor specifically averaged three and a half yards per carry in the first half. Second half, five point eight. So obviously, he generated some steam. He he got. They did wear them down. They got the the blocking together, and they finished strong. Um, I think not having. A star-studded offense on the other side of the field. <laughs> it lets you do that. Tom Brady yeah. was not standing over there on the Texans sideline. So, anyway, just a little context. I think that was important. Uh, so, wh- one quick thing. Um, I think that Frank has on Jonathan Taylor. You remember earlier in the season, he clearly was kind of like, "All right, we're gonna we're, we're not gonna overload him," and I still don't think they ever intend to. But I think he re- has reached a point where he just says, you know what, if the game calls for it, damn it, I don't care. Agree? Disagree? Yes. Yeah. 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 And and I think, let me say this, and
2: this has been a hot debate the last month or so, right? I'm saying this objectively. Like, mm-hmm. I think Colts fans need to take a deep breath and appreciate the fact that they have one of, if not one of the best play callers in football. They really do. There is so much context that is important here, and I won't get on a big um, tangent, but let's, let's remember the fact that he has never had two great receivers in this offense. They never have. They've had four different quarterbacks with four very different skill sets in four years. That's absurd. They've been in the top five in offense twice, the top ten, three of those four years, the one time, which 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 I've used, you, as you've said, might have been the most impressive what he did with Jacoby with a new playbook in no time in those first seven games before he got hurt. So I don't need to relitigate all of that, but I just think that needs to be pointed out that it's so different watching this offense than than all the different offensive schemes we, we saw under Chuck Pagano, right, that we covered. I mean, this is yeah. so different. This is creative. It keeps defenses guessing. All of that. Like, you need to just take a deep breath and be like, yeah, sure, there's calls that I don't like. There's calls that all of you guys out there don't like. Of course. But, like, you have one of the best offensive play callers in football. Like, you need to accept that. And I know fans are prone to complaining when it costs them a game. I get that. But, like, come on. It, it doesn't get much better than that. And I can dig up all the data in the world to back up this claim. But – I just think that needs to be pointed out. We'll see how the last four games go, but um, it's really good here, and it could be so much worse. Trust me. You watch other teams play, like trust me. Like look at Chicago right now with what they're doing; like it's a disaster. So it's pretty good here, and and Sunday wasn't necessarily a huge uh, testament to that because the Texans are, you know, maybe a, a division one team at, at this point, but um, <laughs> yeah. it's it, it gives you a chance every week, and I think what he's done with the four quarterbacks is especially impressive. Yeah.
1: And I, I think that when you look at the efficiency rating every year and just their their offensive uh productivity every year as well, they rank very high. They have ranked very high every single year under Frank Reich. And at the end of the day, I mean, that does you need more evidence than that? I, I know that they could have won more games, right? That is absolutely true. And I get that. But not that, you know, which is not to say that a 10 win season in 18 and 11 win season in in 2020, like is nothing to sneeze at now. OK, you know, with with just basically throwing things together on the fly. All right. At quarterback um, or in 18, a quarterback who hadn't played for two years, damn it. You know, like so let's not like downplay that, <laughs> but at the same time, fine. Right. You wish they had they would have won more games or, or at least gone further in the playoffs. OK, fine. That's fine. But uh, I, I definitely think in the long term, if you give Frank Reich stability and he has stability at the most important position, he's going to be even better. I think that's what you can potentially hope for. I think that's the goal, and I think that is a very realistic outcome if Frank if Frank Reich continues to have time. So uh, one interesting thing I want to say, last thing about the offense, Zach, the offensive line... First of all, yesterday with Kelly out, I think they really felt that. He's he's on the COVID list. Uh, I think they felt his absence yesterday. But the the thing that is really starting to reveal itself and we talked about this is they may have an issue at left tackle. They have an issue at left tackle. Yeah. Uh I don't think I don't think Eric Fisher's like, you know, one of the worst left tackles in the league necessarily, but for what they want to do and for The offensive line, the the way they want to lean on their offensive line, he's not cutting it, and I don't think he can be a guy you lean on in 2022. They got to figure this out. Yeah, he's a Uh, liability in pass protection. You see it every week.
2: It doesn't matter the team they're playing, Um, and it's it's the problem is it's the blind side as well, which is doubly important. And and those would lead to multiple strip sacks, and maybe the play of the game against the Bucks. You you know, I'll hear arguments for Naheem's fumble, etc. But you know, without that fumble. In that position, they probably take three there. If 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 not three, they're probably taking seven because the offense had scored three straight touchdown drives before that. So if they take seven, you know they expand it to an even bigger lead, and they probably finish the game. I think it would have been thirty-one to fourteen. Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, right. yeah, Fisher's Fisher's like the only thing in the offense that's really really like a like a a, a problem right now. The one and,
1: that really sticks out.
2: You know? Yeah, it's the only thing that really makes you worry. I mean, yeah, they don't have a lot of receiver depth, and I get that. They don't have a, a stud tight end that's going to catch 100 yards. But Ashton Doolin deserves credit. He stepped up. He's been practicing well the last couple of weeks. He had a really nice touchdown catch yesterday off of a really good touchdown throw from Wentz, by the way. But, yes, left left tackle is a, it's a concern. And I don't know if it's still the injury. Remember, he's only 11 months out now. but. But this dude—that's—that's that's, thats something that could lose you a game that you can't afford to lose. Whether it's Arizona in a couple weeks, New England in a couple weeks—you know—that's—that's that's the concern I have.
1: And look, I mean, we're not above criticizing Chris Ballard. Look, I, I still feel like he had a little bit of a soft spot for Eric Fisher because he was just—he was just like locked on to Eric Fisher the whole time, you know, through the drafts, through free agency. I think he had Fisher in his back pocket the whole time. And I don't necessarily I'm not necessarily saying it was a it was a terrible idea, but you had some other choices. Now, I, I think they made the right call in terms of the draft. Uh, if you feel like the tackles available weren't the way to go, then don't do that. Don't draft guys you don't like, okay? That's stupid. Right? And so they got quitty Pay. I think he's going to be a baller. Uh, Dio looks like he has the tools. He needs more time. You know, he's been hurt, obviously. But but whatever. I, I don't have a criticism of that. But they could have signed Charles Leno. I mean, you know, for like yeah. half the half the money they gave Fisher. And, I, I don't know, I think you could argue he's probably played better this year. So, I don't know. I, I don't love that decision by Chris Ballard. Uh, granted, didn't have great options, but I think you had some options. So Well, the anyway. bottom line is that dude needs to be at his best these
2: last four games. Period. Yeah. Like, they need to tell him that, like, he needs to be absolutely at his best. Because if I'm an opposing defense, I'm game playing for that left side and I'm going after him because he's let some plays slip by. I and mean, he, he didn't even touch Shaq Barrett on that on that strip sack last week.
1: Right. And the 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 alternative is if, if that doesn't happen, if he can't stabilize things, then you're going to have to take that into account in play calling. Now you got to help him or you've got to roll the quarterback out or something to To mitigate the problems you're having there because I mean coaches aren't stupid they're gonna put their best guy over him, and they're gonna keep coming, so we'll have to see how it goes but that's that's I think the red flag on offense for me right now i th- I like everything else I think it's all workable, you know some better than others, but I think everything else on offense right now is pretty workable, but that left tackle spot is a problem uh defensively uh i don't we won't spend a lot of time on this because I think. I think defensively really what they are is they're going to give us some points, but they're uh they're an all or nothing defense. Okay. Mm. They're going to take the ball away and give it to the offense to drive down the field, or they're going to give up, you know, a 12 play drive or something and you know, lots of completions. It kind of is what it is, but, but they definitely with the takeaways, I think the takeaways take teams out of character though. I do. I do believe that um, you're constantly worried about the football that definitely puts uh, takes takes you out of your game. I think so. That's a good thing. Um, the pass rush is it's there is more pass rush, but it's not enough pass rush. That's kind of how I feel about it. Um, I don't know. I, I think Buckner is having. I think Buckner has has come around. I thought that he was a little quiet early in the season. I think he is now playing better, and maybe it's because he's getting a little more help from guys like Quiddy Pay. Uh, but I, I think the pass rush is really going to come down to personnel, and that you can't fix that right now. You just can't. Yeah, um, I mean, we asked Matt Heffler that question last week. And he
2: said, "We have who we have. You guys got anybody else? Because we'll sign him <laughs> and we'll and we'll rush him on Sunday." And I was like, "Whoa." Yeah, I mean, I mean, Quiddie Pay has been better. You know, Dio has a couple of flashes. You know, Muhammad had two sacks yesterday, and, and Toure had two sacks yesterday. I don't want to take that away from them. Those yeah. are NFL sacks but do it in a big game. I think they have a little bit more optimism with the pass rush right now than they did two months ago. I think that's helped Buckner. The edges have been better. But I still I still am like you. I'm in that same boat of like, is it enough? I don't know if it's enough. But I do want to shout out the secondary. Would you agree the secondary has been better? Xavier Rhodes has sort of settled in. And no, yesterday is not a good Testament because they're. I don't even know if they're playing like that. Was the worst quarterbacking play I've ever seen from another team ever.
1: Do, do you know what ever. Davis Mills looks like? Because I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't even know what they. I watched look like. him play twice this year. <laughs> I, I wish I um, hadn't. <laughs> no, it, you're right. It's not the greatest indicator, but uh, I, I do. But I do agree with you. I don't, and not just based on yesterday. I thought. I thought against the Bucks, I thought those corners played really well. If you think about it, because. Look, who were they throwing to? Not the outside receivers. right? They, we weren't talking about Godwin and, and Evans in that game. We were talking about Gronk, which is a whole other set of circumstances in the middle of the field, and that is well documented. However... The issue wasn't on those outside corners. I thought they have played better. I totally agree. I think Rocky Sin definitely has settled in. I I think Isaiah Rogers has earned more playing time and is now getting more playing time. So that's good. You you definitely want to see progress. And so those guys are are trending in a positive direction. That's good. Kari Willis coming back, I think maybe could help them with some of these tight end matchups. Yeah. They will have more tight end matchups. They move him
2: around a lot. Yeah, he Mm -hmm. helps. I mean... God I mean they're, they're still playing Sendejo, which I don't really get, but man <laughs> that's that's still a liability, and nobody's gonna convince me otherwise
1: i agree i I think they know it too, but you know they have what they have it's kind of one of those deals but no I agree the the safety depth has hurt them this year uh when and we knew it was it was a problem before you know when when training camp ended, frankly, you know, we, we thought it would be, and it turned out they needed that depth way more than we could have ever imagined with both safeties, both starting safeties going down. So, um, one guy specifically who I think has taken a big step this year, uh, forward is Kenny Moore. Now that sounds dumb, right? Kenny Moore has been a good player for a while now, but I just think you're starting to see some really consistently elite play from this guy. And, uh, you know, he's just playing with some instincts right now that are just really impressive. And, you know, he forces two turnovers yesterday. Uh, and it's not just yesterday, you know, he's doing this over and over and over again. Um, I really thought that moment on hard knocks with, with, um, Tom Brady telling him, man, you know, just you're what you're doing is amazing. You know, I don't think Tom Brady just hands out those compliments. I think he, I think he actually, you know, means what he says. Um, and you know he was watching the tape and saw it. You know he did. That's why he said what he said. And, you know, so anyway, I just think guys like that give you a chance on defense. You know, you got playmakers like that, then you have a chance. And, you know, I, I just like Kenny. I've always liked Kenny. He's a maturity about him, a uh, seriousness. And, you know, he's kind of a self-made guy, Division two player. And now he's, you know, he's got his well-earned $30 million contract. So, you got to get your best players to play their best. and. They're starting to get that on defense. Buckner's yeah, playing what, better. That's what right? they weren't getting early. Right? I
2: remember you saying yep. that exact thing. Like in this league, you need to have your best players play their best. Darius wasn't himself, Buckner wasn't, and Kenny wasn't. And that's those are three best defensive players. It's it's fun to watch Kenny Moore play football because he does it the right way, if that makes yeah. sense. And I know that's a cliche, but like I love watching him tackle in the open field because he does it exactly how the teach tape, you know, will tell you how to do it. And you just don't see that very much anymore. He's great with his hands on the sideline and his feet. And and he's a he, if Kenny Moore was on the other team, he'd be a pain in the ass the whole game. He's mm-hmm. physical and he's a special player. And, and what a great find from from Kevin Rogers, the director of Pro Personnel, and Ballard, you know, staying up late that one night saying, All right, just finally put the tape in, I'll watch five minutes of him. <laughs> and here he is. I mean, in my mind, he, you know, one of the best nickels in the league. And and very deserving of a pro bowl nod. We'll see if he gets it, but man, he he makes that secondary go.
1: Yeah, no, don't don't underappreciate that guy cuz it's easy to do, but but don't underappreciate him and and we talked about this at the game yesterday, you and I and some of our colleagues about, you know, putting him in that box of oh, slot corner. It's almost like said in sort of a disparaging way, not about him, but the the position generally, you know. Uh he is not the prototype, you know slot corner. No, he is a, another cliche, but he is a football player. Okay. Yeah. This guy can do it all. And they haven't really blitzed him much lately, but that could be coming too. So, you know, keep an eye on that. So anyway, um, I think that's kind of a good little picture of, of where they are. And, you know, we'll get into that Patriots matchup, uh, on our next episode. Maybe let's, let's see what they do against Buffalo and let's take a breather and (laughs) collect our thoughts. We'll, we'll hit a, Podcast next week, maybe take some questions with a mailbag or something. So uh, keep an eye on our social media for that. And uh, anyway, we'll get to the Patriots game at that point. But I, but I do think this was important to just kind of take a breath and just kind of see, hey, where are they? Let's come up for air. Let's figure out what this team looks like. I like what it, I like what I see. Overall, I think you have to feel like this is a team. As I said, they can play with anybody. And I, I think the one thing that people do sometimes particularly nationally is they overlook some of the the really good individual talent on this team there's more than people realize i think i yeah. really think that um, you know, we just talked about Kenny Moore, for example, right? You now people aren't having that conversation across the country. I don't think, yeah, because they're not watching Colts Texans yesterday. There were there were fifteen Thank people God. at the
2: game for God's sake. <laughs> what was that about, right? <laughs> it was like no one there. It was crazy. Yeah, we like but, drove into like an empty stadium. We had no traffic. We got to our parking spot in five minutes. It was like, is there an NFL <laughs> game here today? Where like everyone just checked out for the season. Yeah, we pulled
1: up, and I think the parking attendant was, like, really happy to see us. You know, (laughs) It's like, he didn't hug us, but I think that would have been, like, the next step. But anyway, so, yeah, I just think, like I said, I think they have a lot of probably underrated individual talent on this team. You know, Michael Pittman's been a little quiet, maybe, but he's a guy who I think has made a mark this year. You know, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, who is not a secret. Uh, Carson Wentz is doing his thing. I mean, I I think, you know, you look at that offensive line, uh, they – they have some pieces, some real, legit pieces. They need more. Everybody needs more. But, you know, this team is – don't overlook, you know, what this team has in terms of its pieces because maybe you're too close to it, you know, as a as a fan of, of the Colts specifically. So that's my two cents of advice. Um, all right. We're going to go have a bye week. So we're going to get the hell out of here. <laughs> but you should still subscribe to The Athletic. <laughs> Because there will still be stories. In fact, Zach, you're working on some stuff, right? And um, and I've got some stuff too. Bob Kravitz is doing all sorts of things, both Colts and otherwise, some some college basketball and all that. So yeah, subscribe to the Athletic. If we take a couple days off, it's not like we're not coming back. Okay,
2: <laughs> we'll, we got a big one next week. It's gonna be fun yeah. getting ready for a Colts Patriots game.
1: You might have heard there's a game coming up. So anyway, hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we love you guys. The the um, We we check the numbers and we love the fact that you guys keep coming back and listening and downloading this podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please do that. So it just pops up when you you get a new one and uh, you'll hear all our good takes. We appreciate it. I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer and this is 1% Better.